Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm uh, Ted Rodericko, and alongside, of course, every week is an LPGA professional legends tour player, Steve Miller. Good morning. Good morning, Ted. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. And, of course, we are the host of the Women of Golf Show, and we're glad to bring this another episode here May 17th of 2016. We're glad to bring you another Tuesday morning episode. We've got a great show, uh, Cindy, this morning. We've got two great guests coming up first. A first-time winner uh, on the Symmetra Tour, Erica Popson, is going to be joining us here in a few moments. And a little bit later on, LPGA, LPGA professional Susan Bond uh, is going to be joining us in the second half of the program. But, Cindy, let me just very quickly remind everybody, of course, we are live Tuesday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on blogtalkradio.com network. Just go to blogtalkradio.com, up in the search key, type Women of Golf, and you will uh, be able to get us here live on Tuesday mornings. Uh, for some reason, if you can't join us live, not to worry. Just go to that link and uh, scroll down to the on-demand section, and all of the previously aired shows are, of course, auto-recorded, so you can uh, listen to them at your convenience. We're also available to iTunes, so go to iTunes.com, and under the podcast section, type in also Women of Golf, and that will take you to the page there of iTunes, for those of you that like uh, searching there. Um, as I said, uh, if you're interested in, in coming on the show, uh, you can reach out to see uh, at Cindy at Cindy at CindyMillerGolf.com, uh, or you can also contact me at Ted.GolfTalkLive at gmail.com. And we would love to hear from you during the live broadcast if you're available. Uh, you're always welcome to call into the show, and the number, of course, is 847 845 But for those of you and as I said, a great guest this morning to start with, Erica Popson, she's the winner of the 2016 Symmetra Classic, which was just held this literally this uh, past week, and the ink is barely dry on, on that win, uh, and that was held at the Rain Tree Country Club in Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, interesting backstory on her, Cindy, and we'll get to that when she comes on, but um, this is her, her first win, as I mentioned, and uh, very excited to have her just this morning uh, fresh off uh, her first win. And uh, just let me tell you a little bit more about her as well. Uh, she she started playing uh, golf very early at the age of eight. And uh, some of the other things that she enjoys doing, of course, as any young uh, lady would, she enjoys hanging out with some of her friends. And she also enjoys uh, going to theme parks is a big thing for her as well. Uh, some of her amateur highlights, she's a first-team uh, All-American, uh, two-time first-team SEC, uh, all-regional team in 2010, uh, 11, and 13, and eight first-place finishes while playing collegiate golf and I think she was at uh, the University of Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 19 top 10 finishes while playing uh, at her college. And the, she was the 2012 USA Curtis Cup team member as well. So lots of, uh, lots of good things to, to back her up as an amateur as she makes her way uh, towards the uh, LPGA Tour. And uh, as I said, always, uh, always interesting, you know, some of these young ladies that come on the show, 
um, just some of the backstories about them and that. And, and I think for most part, they all went to college, all had very successful collegiate uh, um, careers uh, to start them off. And, and now they're sort of earning their chops, if you will, as they get ready for the LPJ tour. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Cindy, so let me ask you, did you get a chance to watch any of the golf on the weekend? Not, uh, not necessarily, uh, obviously, this wasn't televised, but any of the, uh, the were the ladies I playing this weekend? The, I did not watch, uh, the ladies were not playing, well, no, they were. But, yeah, Morgan Trussell came in uh, tied for second, I think. I was watching Morgan. But I watched the players, the end of the players, and I thought that was mm-hmm. pretty cool. I thought it was very interesting that Jason Day did not smile until he hit the green on 18. Yeah. He was staying in pursuit. The pursuit of the players. Yeah, some very interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I watched uh, on and off. I watched it. I had some things I, I was doing this weekend, but I, I did sort of uh, channel flip, if if you will, while I was doing that. And uh, some very interesting play. And I'll tell you, that's a tough, tough course. Um, lots of uh, lots of areas there to, to get yourself in some trouble. So. Uh, <laughs> opportunities you know. to mess yeah. up. Yeah, I know that's right. Yeah, you know what, gotta get. Did you gotta see get rid of that negative thing? On, uh, oh. Did you see the greens on uh, yes. Saturday? Fifteen on a stint meter. That's a little wow. amazing, right? Yeah, incredible. Um, yeah, that that's that's fast. And you know, it almost it almost seems like they're they're trying with the players that they're trying to almost outdo the U.S. Open because U.S. Open, of course. As most of you know, uh, that, that follow, and I'm, I'm referring to more so the men's and the, the ladies, certainly the ladies uh, as well, but um, they always have very, very slick, very difficult greens at the U.S. Open. But I'll tell you, the players, the last few years, um, they, it's almost like they're trying to outdo one another, I think. Uh, you know, the U.S. Open, they always try to make it very, very difficult for the players because it is a major championship. But I, I think that the players is uh, is equally as difficult in many ways. Um, Cindy, let, let's bring Erica on. I see that she's uh, waiting in the wings. Let's bring her off. I've already uh, done an introduction, so let me just uh, hit the button here, and we'll welcome Erica Popson, the, the winner of this past weekend's Symmetra Tour uh, Classic, and uh, we'll welcome her to the show. Good morning, Hi. Erica. Welcome. Hey, how's it going? We're we're doing well. Congratulations. Uh, welcome to the show, and, and congratulations on your win. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Well, we're glad that you could join us. Um, Erica, I wanted to uh, start things off with kind of an interesting uh, sort of a side note, if you will, and I'm very curious about this because um, you obviously, as I mentioned, you, you had a very, uh, very good collegiate career. And University of Tennessee, was that correct? Yes, I was a lady volunteer. Yep. And um, so you had a very interesting career there as well. But uh, I wanted to read something, a very short paragraph that was put out by the Symmetra Tour News uh, with respect to your win. This was on Sunday, of course, uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. And it starts off this way. Uh, Erica Popson, Davenport, Florida, won eight times in uh, college at Tennessee, then qualified for the LPJ uh, through qualifying tournament. And then, as they put it, sort of crashed and burned. And then actually in November 2015, uh, you actually nearly gave up the sport, um, which was kind of interesting, and, and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that here in a second. And then on Sunday, of course, uh, at Raintree Country Club, uh, you uh, carded a, a 270 to win the Symmetric Classic, which uh, gave you a total of 8-under, a uh, total score of 208. And this was, of course, your first uh, career Symmetra Tour victory. Um, but I wanted to go back to, to that little uh, caption in there. 
you actually considered giving up golf. What was the reason behind that? Well, I just got to the point where I was so frustrated. My first year on the LPGA, really was planned, and I lost my card. And then my first year on the Symmetra Tour the year following did not go as planned either. I played pretty terrible that year too. And um, I just – I was running low on money, and um, my parents – afford to support me financially to play professional golf didn't know options I had and my game wasn't good and be hard to beg for money from people when you don't have any show so it was just a financial decision and just my heart wasn't quite in it just because it was so frustrating I felt like I just kept getting worse and worse and I didn't know what direction I felt like I was very lost as a, as a person and a player to know what I wanted anymore. So I just thought hard, and I said I've put too much effort into the game. I love the game for so long just to, to give it up because I played back. So I'm going to try one more thing. And I uh, went out and saw a good friend, Mappis, who played on the PGA for a while to see if he could help uh, – Help point me in a direction. So that was kind of your. your... Go ahead, Cindy. Sorry, I'm sorry, Erica, Cindy Miller. Um, Who did you say you want to visit? Uh, Dean Pappas. Cool. PGA for a little while. Yeah, yeah. So what changed everything around? What your perspective? I mean, I played on the tour for a couple years, and my husband played on the PGA tour for 15, and played the Masters five times, and. Uh, we were both all Americans. He went to Georgia. So we know the deal, and we have a son who tried to play on tour, and we have a daughter who's a producer at the Golf Channel. So um, I, I hear you. I feel you. I've been there. What turned it around? Um, I would give me some hope on the physical side, and then I went down to Florida to spend the winter with my parents and uh, started with uh, another guy, Roger Masterson, at the same time. Kind of teach very similar, and he basically said, "Erica, you're you play golf. You're not a golfer." Because I've always defined my personal, I would say, how people perceive me, and just um, and I let it relate to the scores I shoot way too much sometimes. So um, I just kind of took it out of context and pulled myself away from the game. And I said, that's just something I do. That's not who I am. So yeah. I just started to view it in a different light and uh, just changed my my thoughts. I, I've always been a huge goal-oriented person, and I kind of gave that up. I said, I'm going to have no expectations for this year. I'm just going to do the best I can and and take care of first things first see where that brings me and if it brings me success and it brings me a future then I'll keep going with it and if it doesn't then you know this isn't what I meant I'll just try something else but just taking it in a different light kind of pressure off myself and, and open myself up to let my talent come out Good for do, you. You th- do you think Erica let me ask you, this is Ted, do you, let me ask you uh, a question um, just with respect to what you what you were just talking about do you think by taking that pressure off yourself um, makes it a little bit easier? Do you think too many of the girls that come out on, uh, whether it be the Symmetra or the LPJ Tour, um, put too much pressure on themselves, especially very early uh, in their careers, um, to you know to get that first win, to get those you know wins under their belt, so to speak? 
to the point that it's to their own detriment a little bit? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I think that's what happened to me. I, I played well in college. I was a good junior player. I played on the 2012 Curtis Cup team. I had accomplished all these great things, and then I expected to accomplish great things as a professional right away. And when it didn't happen right away, then I got frustrated, and I think I got frustrated too early on in my career because of all the pressure that I put on myself. So taking it from a new angle and and learning to separate the golf from the person that I am I think has really helped me move forward and helped me tee it up in tournaments and not be so intense. Um, because even Dean, when I went to, you said even from a little so intense on a course. Sorry, it, it, uh, you broke up a little bit. Can you repeat that? Um, Dean was telling me that even from when I was a little, of course, it was just intense. And he said to just act and fun and do where the mixture. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, we're having a difficult time, uh, Erica, hearing that. Um, for some reason, it's it's breaking up. I'm not sure if you're on a bad connection or not. Um, we'll try uh, we'll try this. Let me ask you, Erica, if you can still hear us okay. Um, you, you obviously came in with a new game plan in in this uh, for this year. Do you think the the win that you you had this weekend does that sort of reconfirm your decision to, that sticking it out was a good one? I think we might have lost her. Yeah. Yep, we did. Um, we'll wait for her to reconnect. Um, I'm not sure. It sounds like she might be calling in off of Skype or something, and that could be part of the problem. Um, but uh, we'll we'll let her call back in here. Um, but, you know, that, that's an interesting – that raises an interesting question, you know, Cindy, with a lot of the players. I think uh, – and, and obviously she agreed – I think that a lot of these young players coming in that have a very successful, um, you know, college uh, start have this high expectation of themselves. Um, you know, they're, they're sort of coming in on a high, and, and they're very – you know, feeling very good about their game. And uh, then they get on the, on the tour, and sort of reality sets in. Um, did you sort of have that experience as well when you first came out? Yeah, definitely. And you know what? You, you, we have a saying in our household, I'm not what I shoot. Because when you play bad, you feel like you're an 85, you know, mm-hmm. or a, you know, whatever the score might be. And I think that's exactly what she's saying is, you know, she as a person is not what she shoots in her golf right. game. She plays the game. She's not, that does not define who she is. And that's a really big deal because a lot of these kids have so much pressure on them to perform that, you know, when they hit a roadblock, they start to think, well, maybe I suck and maybe I'm not supposed to do this. And the doubt creeps in and the frustrations and the apprehension, and then you can't have fun. And then, you know, it's like a downward spiral for sure. And thank God for her to be able to realize that, to, go get some help from people that have been there. Right. And and I think that's so important because you start to doubt what you're doing. And yeah. needless to say, you know, it's evidence that she's got a lot of talent and a lot of potential, and this could totally change her whole career around. Right, exactly. Um, Cindy, Erica's back on. Erica, welcome back. Uh, we had a little bit of a bad connection there. We, we hope uh, you can uh, hear us say okay now. Can Can you hear us all right? 
Yeah, I can. Hopefully okay. you can hear me better. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Um, just very quickly, um, uh, just the last little bit that we were talking about, can you just sort of repeat that? Because we, we lost the whole uh, the whole bit. Oh, I was saying that uh, when I went to work with Dean, the first thing he kind of told me was ever since I was a little kid, I've always been very intense on the golf course and just very uptight that I was going to make a mistake and I wasn't going to play the way I wanted to. So he just get, made me uh, realize that and gave me a challenge to go out and play every day just to play as good as I can and take every hole one hole at a time and just try and make birdie on every hole and free myself up and have fun because it, it is a game and you're supposed to have fun playing a game. Yeah, and, and Sydney and I were just talking before uh, before you came back on. I don't know if you heard any of it or not, but um, you know, I was saying that I think a lot of the young players coming up now um, on tour, especially if they have a successful collegiate career, sort of come riding this high wave, if you will, that, that you know, they're going to come out there and, and uh, you know, everything is just going to fall into place. And as you uh, and as many of the young players coming up understand that, you know, now you're coming out in a whole, it's like going sort of from middle school to high school to college. There's a transition period that you have to adjust. And I think it's the same thing for a lot of these young players coming up on the tour. It's not, it's not going to be in, in every case, this sort of grandiose, uh, welcome. It's going to be a challenge. Uh, and some are fortunate to have uh, early success and others, it takes a little bit longer, but, um, is that kind of the sense that you're coming away with now based on what you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to put that in perspective though, just because you see the Lydia Coes and the Brooke Hendersons and, I mean, you just see so many young players in women's golf that have so much success early or that skip college, and, and you feel mm-hmm. like you're behind if you go to college sometimes. You feel like you're graduating college and you're behind four years, so you need to make something happen quick. And it's just right. the opposite. I mean, you you grow and learn so much in college, and college golf is a great experience. So I think uh, I think it's easy to skip that and go to the mindset that I'm behind. I need to make that <clears throat> something happen quickly rather than say, hey, I've experienced all this great stuff and I just need to take it and keep working on it. Yeah, and and a question I was asking before we lost you was, does this win now sort of reconfirm your decision to stick it out as being a good one? Absolutely. Um, All year I felt like I've been close to playing good golf and um, I knew it was in there. I mean, I feel like I've known it's been in there in my heart the whole time. I just wasn't seeing the results, so it's hard to keep telling people, I know I'm a good golfer. (laughs) But, um, yeah, but this one definitely feels really good more because of what I have been through, and it just puts it all into perspective. Uh, Cindy, you know, you've, you've mentioned many times on the show when we've talked to some of the different players about how important, um, you know, some of these, and I hate to use the word failures, but some of these stumbles, if you will, become very valuable learning lessons. And, and actually she's going to grow as a player uh, as a result of some of her earlier difficulties on tour, correct? Yeah. And the, the thing that I hear is that I'm very proud of you for, and how old are you, by the way? Uh, I just turned 25 a couple years ago. Yeah. So you're still a baby. <laughs> I mean, you have a whole life in front of you, and everyone's path is different, you know, and you need to remember that and that you know you have the talent and the skills. And, you know, again, if if the mission is for you to be an LPGA superstar, that's great. You know, if the mission is for you 
to just be in the middle of the pack and always make a living, you know, good for you, whatever it is. But you, as long as you realize, which you are now, that, you know, our household, we have a saying, I'm not what I shoot. And, you know, your score has nothing to do with who you are as a person. And, you know, I'm kudos to you for learning the lesson and becoming aware of it because it's only going to free you up to be able to be the best you that you can be. Absolutely. I totally agree. Um, thank you for that. Yeah. yeah and I, 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 I got to tell you that my husband um, was like, a, he played on the Walker Cup team twice and an Eisenhower Cup, which was, used to be the World Cup team. And he played in the Masters three times as an amateur and he was, you know, kowtowed to be amazing and he went out on tour and he didn't play very well. And um, he's a very shy person who doesn't like to talk to people much he would go hit balls on the driving range over by himself and he started to drink for liquid courage and once he played the tour for 15 years and when he quit we started teaching at a driving range so we went from having dinner at bob hope's house to teaching golf at a public driving range and nobody knew who he was nor cared and he ended up trying to commit suicide so it's really important that you are very aware of I'm not what I shoot. And as a person, you know, just be the best you that you can be. And this is just a game that you play. And, you know, 20 years from now, hopefully you're playing on the Legends Tour, something that, you know, we started. And, you know, hopefully it's successful at that point and you can play golf for a long, long time. But if the Legends Tour isn't around, by the time you're 55, you've got to be doing something else. So life is life. And, you know, again, you're not what you shoot. Absolutely. And, you know, Erica, the other thing, too, is you're going to look back on, on your time and call. You know, you raised an interesting uh, scenario about, you know, what if I didn't go through college like some of the others and had just, just sort of jumped out there right away. Um, you're going to be grateful that you stuck it out through college, uh, irrespective of, of what uh, happens in your, your golfing career, because the, the lessons that you learn through college are going to be valuable that you'll be able to take for the rest of your life. And the, the tour is just one one road one path um you know that uh, in your journey of life that you, as Cindy said that you're going to take and uh you know 20 30 years from now um you know you might be doing something completely different that you're equally as passionate about so just enjoy it as you said have fun out there enjoy it and uh you know don't make it don't put the pressure on yourself to always you know have to win play the best that you can play and if it's your turn to win as it was this weekend um, then that's going to happen, and I think that you're going to enjoy your journey uh, uh, on tour much more um, than, than putting that pressure on yourself. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, college was a great experience, and I got a degree from it, and it was mm-hmm. just I wouldn't trade it for anything, that's for sure. Exactly. All right, so What's the best so, part of your game? I would say I would identify myself. I'm a really good driver of the golf ball. I hit it. I don't hit it really far but I I tend to hit it straight and when I putt good I I feel like I putt good I mean anybody I'm but I'm a streaky putter I either putt really good or not so good (laughs) what um what held up during this uh this tournament this weekend what was what was really your strong point in this weekend what uh, part of your game what area I would say I hit a lot of fairways. I think I missed five fairways for the tournament and then uh, hit a lot of greens gave myself a lot of opportunities um, 
what was the difficult part? What what areas did you really struggle with? I mean, obviously you won the tournament, but was there areas that you struggled with a little bit this weekend? Um, I wouldn't. I would say my putting wasn't spot on, but I made some really good par putts and and things the last day, uh, and just kept myself. I made those putts that keep your round going, which was good. But I missed a lot of short birdie opportunities. But I would normally. I would have said a year ago to let that get to me during the tournament, and I didn't this week. I just took it one hole at a time and played the best I could and and just saw what happened. Yeah, and uh, and again, congratulations on that. So what what's, um, this win is obviously going to give you some momentum moving forward. Um, what are you looking forward to the rest of the season? What What's, what's your game plan for, for the rest of 2016? I would say my game plan for the rest of the year is uh, to can you continue the no expectation mindset and just go out there and play each shot the best to the best of my abilities and give it my 100% effort and see what it brings me um because it's a long year still and it's it only hurt me if I look ahead so I just need to stay in the present and take one day at a time one hole at a time one shot at a time well, that's Sounds uh, like a I good think, plan to me. That's yeah, a great that's plan. A, yeah, exactly, and that's exactly what Cindy was talking about. Is just you know sort of play in the now and and not you know not worry about the future because nothing can change. So, um, well, uh, Erica, congratulations on your first win in the Symmetra Tour. Uh, great. Uh, looks like you had some great rounds put together there. And uh, Cindy and I want to wish you all the success for for. Uh, not just 2016, but beyond. Uh, good luck with it, and uh, we would love to have you come back on the show uh, for a future show as well. Yeah, thank you so much, and thanks for letting me come on the show. I really enjoyed it. Good all right, luck, we appreciate honey. it. Keep it up. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Erica. All right, bye-bye. Thanks. You know, um, Cindy, what, what we, we were sort of talking about this uh, this first part of the show really epitomizes, I think, um, you know, and as I, I alluded to and, and you uh, talked about, I think I really think a lot of these youngsters that are coming up now, whether it's on the LPGA or even the PGA Tour, um, they're just, you know, kind of building themselves up to such a point that the pressure has just got to be. I mean, I don't ever remember, you know, and, and again, I know it was a different mindset and different uh, time, but I don't ever remember the same sort of approach to golf. Uh, in the years of, of, say, you know, a Nancy Lopez or a Jack Nicklaus or Arnold Palmer, they, they just didn't seem to have that same drive as they do now. Um, you know, is, is it just part of the conditioning? Is it just part of society? What do you think? I don't believe that. I think they had the same drive. Well, I think they, yeah, I think as far as, I mean, obviously they, they were there to win and they wanted to, but I, I just, I, I wonder sometimes, though, you know, with, with some of these, you know, Erica sort of put it bluntly, that she had this very high expectation of herself, and I don't know whether or not they did. Maybe they did, and, and it's just you didn't hear well, about it as well, much. I guess what you – I think they're being pushed harder. Right. I think they're being pushed harder because hmm. – um, and she doesn't seem like – I'm sure she's got great parents, but I think they're being pushed harder to be superstars. Yes. And, and I think that's the wrong reason to play. And I think she found that out. So it's the pressure. I mean, when you come home and you don't have any money and everybody goes, what's wrong? Why can't you play better? What's wrong with you? And every time, you know, every week your scores are in the paper 
I mean, you're totally exposed to the world for how bad you're failing. And it's really hard to deal with that because you start to doubt yourself, and that's kind of what happened, and that's what she found is, you know, she's not what she shoots. So it's, it's really a big deal for her to learn that lesson, and that's why there's so many – golf is bigger now. You know, there's so yeah. many kids, there's people going to these schools that are fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a year. People ship their kids off when they're 13 years old, and they yeah. go to, you know, IMG Academy, Core Academy. There's academies everywhere. And yeah. what they're doing is they're selling a dream of being a superstar. <clears throat> well, how many superstars are there? Two or three? Right. But everybody is seeking that. And, and I just don't. I mean, it's great to work at it, but, you know, it, there's only a couple superstars. Yeah, so. and, and, you know, the other, the other thing, too, that I've noticed here is, you know, and, and obviously they all have uh, some great golf games. They, they wouldn't get to this level if they didn't. But I've noticed, too, that even in the branding uh, of themselves, now it's all about branding. It's, it's yourself. even if you're winning every week you know, get yourself out there and it's becoming a, a sort of, and again, this is, I think, being sort of pushed along. And, you know, unfortunately, I think, and, and Erica is a good example of it, where, you know, if you get pushed, and, and, and we don't know, obviously, the circumstance there, she may have done a lot of it as sort of uh, self-pushing, but, um, you know, when you get pushed along too, too much, too quickly, that um, you're almost setting yourself up for, for a little bit of failure because it's not going to happen. You know this when you come out on tour, you're saying, wow, and you've got all this vim and vigor, and you get out there, and the first few rounds you play, uh, you just think, wow, um, what happened here? And it, 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 it can be a setback. It can be very hard on the psyche, and you've got to, like you said, you can't define yourself by what you shoot. You have to define yourself as a person first, and you know if the scores uh, are there that week and, and you happen to win or you – get in the top 10, then fantastic, but don't define yourself by what you shoot. Absolutely. Right. Well said. Word, words to live by, Cindy Miller. Uh, all right. We got our next guest. Uh, Susan uh, Bond is with us here. Let me just give a, a quick read through on, on some of the things here. Uh, she's also a, a golf professional as well. She was a former head professional at the, and I'm hoping I'm pronouncing this right, Weekapog Golf Club in Westerly, uh, Rhode Island. She was there uh, until December of 2014. Uh, prior to that, she was a, a teacher professional at John's uh, Island Golf Club in Vero Beach, Florida. And then she was also an assistant golf professional at the Wellesley Country Club in Wellesley, uh, I believe that's Massachusetts. And uh, she was also, or is also the New England uh, PGA Vice President. Uh, she was also, prior to that, the uh, New England PGA Secretary and uh, also held some other positions in Rhode Island uh, up until 2010. Uh, some of her playing accomplishments, she was the Women's Massachusetts Open Champion, a two-time Cape Cod Women's Open Champion, and a three-time New England Women's Open Champion, and uh, the Connecticut Women Open runner at numerous awards. And now she's, uh, she's doing some great work uh, with a clothing line called Straight Down. We'll talk a little bit about that. And she's also involved with PG Magazine's uh, Women's uh, Platform. We're going to talk a little bit about that as well. So let's welcome our very special guest, uh, the second half, Susan Bond. Good morning, Susan. Hi, Cindy. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for joining us. We're so glad you're here. Oh, I know. This is great. Thank you again. Um, Susan, this is Ted. Let me just, uh, let me uh, again also welcome you to the show. We appreciate you taking of your time this morning. 
Um, let's start. Obviously, we, we love to talk about golf. That's why we've got this program here. Um, are you still doing a lot of teaching now uh, and or playing? Um, I'm trying to do a little bit of both. I'm doing more teaching currently, um, even though I'm in Vermont right now, and we did have a little – we're in a cold snap. <laughs> we woke up yesterday morning to a few inches of snow, which is kind of depressing. Um, but I'm splitting my teaching time between um, Stowe Country Club and the Dorset Field Club in Dorset. And I'm going to try to play in the um, Connecticut Women's Open at the end of May. And kind of right now, I'm a caddy, too. I'm caddying for Ron Philo in the Senior PGA Championship next week out in Michigan. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, I know. That's kind of exciting. Keep very cool. And don't lose the head cover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. so, um, it'll be fun. Yeah, well, it sounds like a great time, and he's, he's lucky to have you uh, on the bag. Um, Susan, let me just ask you the first, first question here. Um, you, you had mentioned in, in some of your, your information you sent to Cindy um, that you're involved with Straight Down, which is a clothing line apparel company. Tell us a little bit about that relationship and, and how uh, you, you became involved in that and, and obviously a little bit about some of the products that, uh, that we can find uh, at, their, uh, at their location. Certainly. Um, Straight Down is a family-owned company based in San Luis Obispo, um, wonderful company. In this, um, the fall of 2014, I was let go by my club. And Evan Belcher, who is a PGA professional who was in the New England section, heard that, and he was working with um, the Straight Down Company, and he said, hey, do you want to come to the other side of the counter? Um, you know, you have a pretty large network of people, and we'd love to have you come on board. And I was like, you guys, I've never, I mean, as golf professionals, we sell ourselves to get, you know, people to become members and for um, people for instruction, but I've never actually sold apparel, you know, to other people. I've sold it to my members. So it was, right. it was exciting and challenging, <clears throat> and the company is wonderful. It's, you know, branching out to the Northeast and the East Coast of the United States. It's golf. It's lifestyle. It's just a wonderful product, and I can't say enough about the, the people who – Mike Rowley, who owns the company, is wonderful, as Robert Ogden, my national manager, and Evan. They're just great people that have embraced um, taking me on and know that I have a lot of hiccups. I mean, I've been a golf professional for a long time. <laughs> so I, and you build into that um, role. So I'm learning every day with this um, sales representative part of my career and it's very exciting do you like it it's different i don't like i don't like no (laughs) you know when people say you know no i'm all set i'm like come on just we have no minimum just try the product and you know i never like that pushy sales rep myself so i try to be the sales rep that i always liked having coming into my pro shop so, you know, I'm like, okay, you've seen the product. I'm not going to beat you up. Hopefully, you know, let me give you a piece to try. And that usually they realize I'm a soft sell um, rep, which might hurt my pocketbook, but I don't want to, I want to nurture that relationship. And right. hopefully from there it will lead to sales in the future. I think you that's know the, a great idea. 
Yeah, yeah I think so as well. I, I, I think, you know, the, the, the days of sort of the hard uh, pressure sales tactics, um, I, I think, are over. I think a lot of people, cause first off, consumers are very um, savvy these days in, in, in their purchases. They, they really look through. I mean, a lot of times before the sales, uh, sales rep walks through the door, they're very familiar with a lot of different products out there, uh, especially competitor products. Um, let me ask you this, um, you know, because you're walking into obviously pro shops and things and, and you're trying to, to get their business. Um, you know, in this economy, it's very, very difficult. So, again, people are very um, savvy in what they want to purchase that. What sort of sets apart some of the line that you're, um, you know, you're coming in with from what you've seen out in the market? What makes sort of straight down a little bit different than some of the other products you've seen? Well, the quality, um, again, it's a light. It can go from the golf course to after dinner to exercising. It's just a very transitional piece of um, clothing for men or for for women. It's just, you know, fashion forward. I just, again, have only been with the company for a year, and the space, again, there's a fabric called it's the space side pattern that is, when they first came out with it, they were laughed at, like, oh, my gosh, what are you guys presenting? And now almost every company has this type of garment mm. in their line. So they're, again, you know, they're in California, then they're branching their way across the United States. And I think it's the, the relationships we build, too. They really know their customer. When you call the company, you actually get a person. You don't get style two for English and <laughs> style three right. for a person. You get a person when they answer the phone. And we also have a unique um, – our our brand is kind of this airstream that we have come to club member guests. And the very cool part thing about it is we ship in lots of products based on the numbers of the, and they pick out their garment and while they're out playing, we embroider it on site. So that's oh, wow. pretty oh, cool. Oh, you're kidding. I, it's the wow factor. See, you did it without me even saying it. <laughs> it is. It's the wow yeah, factor. It's very cool. Um, what kind of machine do they use? Oh, they use, they have two embroiderers, two embroidery machines, one embroiderer, and we have um, the logos printed out, and we ask the participants to choose their garment. They could hit, you know, they could pick out outerwear. They could pick out polos. They're not locked into, here's your navy blue windshirt. You know, they can pick the garment of their choice. They can pick the color of the logo and then the placement. They go out to play golf, and it's in their locker when they're done. It is just, it's very cool. And wow. the, Airstream, the Airstream sets up with two TVs. Um, they could put a bar in it if they like. They, they can hang out and watch us do it. And we do everything. The golf professional's only job is to, to tell us where to park the Airstream. We do everything else. So it's a very, so then they can just be with their members and their guests. So it's very cool. What's your, um, what's your territory? I have Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, and the Met section. So I'm okay. all over that area. Um, I have it booked this season for Kirkbray Country Club in Lincoln, Rhode Island, and also at Woods Hole down on the Cape. Um, and then it travels. There's two of them. There's one that stays on the west coast of the country and one that stays on, like, from the middle of the country to the east coast. And it's booked every week now through middle of October, which is kind of cool. So it's, again, brand awareness, too. Um, 
so we're very excited about how the the product is is evolving. Now, do, do you have to buy like because I, I sort of was surfing around on the website? Can you buy through the website as well? Yes, and some of those okay. styles are you know you're basically getting lucky with sizes. You know there are okay. current sizes and colors and so forth, but the sales rep we are currently showing um, summer fall. And then we have our sales meeting. It's the middle of July, and we'll be shipping or um, showing holiday spring around like the first of September and so forth. Hmm. Wow. So yeah, it is. It's very fun. It's and again, the traveling is again. I'm in Vermont, so I'm not exactly in a central location, um, but I don't mind the travel. And um, again, it's all about building relationships which helps tie into my other with working for um, TJ Magazine. Yeah, and that uh, was going to be my next, uh, our next question was to tell us about that. Um, you're obviously involved with uh, PJ Magazine and uh, particularly the Women uh, Leaders Platform. Tell us a little bit about that and how that sort of come about. Um, well, Rick Summers, the CEO, president of the magazine, is just a forward thinker. He is all about promoting the PGA professional as being the rock star in the industry. And we just, you know, got together and said, what do you think about creating a whole network of just the female PGA member, um, you know, to get together to share ideas, thoughts, concerns, and help one another? And we're like, yeah, well, I mean, there's less than a 1,000 PGA female professionals so we had our first meeting at the PGA show this past January, and we started out with 63 women in attendance, and currently, as of yesterday, I have 119 women now involved. And it's basically wow. not just women. There are a few <clears throat> male PGA professionals. It's basically the women that have been leaders, been on boards, been in committees, award winners, and so forth, or played the game. And it's trying to nurture. Um, I'm good friends with, and I, Cindy, I think you know Cami Maxfeld. We joke that yep. we're on the we're on the back nine of our lives. We're trying to nurture the kids <laughs> on the front nine, <laughs> and you know to inspire them. Because I was very fortunate in my career. I had a male professional and one of my family that encouraged to to go out there and be with the guys and do this and. There's still, it's sad to say, some male professionals that if they hire a woman, they're stuck in with just the juniors and folding sweaters. And there's nothing wrong with working with juniors by any means, but no. they should be embraced <clears throat> as much as a male professional. Yeah, so I, I, this is, you know, this is a great yeah, way I, for us to all unite. Yeah, I, 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 agree, whole, I agree wholeheartedly. Um you know, personal branding, I mentioned it earlier in the program, we were talking with our first guest. Um, you know, in your opinion, is it uh, is personal branding important today um, for, for the professional? And if so, why? Oh, definitely. It's all about, I mean, just look at the, um, the people in social media, how they promote themselves and how they gather business. It's all about um, relationships. You know, I always, when I see these younger professionals, you know, in their careers, I'm like, you can never make a, a second first impression. You know, your first right. impression is so enormous and how you come about. And you never know who's watching. 
you know. So you always need to be on your A game, if you will. Um, and I think that that's very important. I think the younger breed can learn a lot from being mentored by that established professional, and we can also learn from them. I mean, there's, I can still, I'm really, I'm probably a 20 handicap on PowerPoints and things like that where, you know, these kids can pop those out like, like you can't, you know, the day is long. So we can all learn from each other, and I think this, Women Leaders Platform is a great way for us to share those ideas and help one another. Yeah, and Absolutely. and you know, yeah, and and Cindy's a, a you know a great one for that. Cindy, I mean, you know, you're not just on social media now, but you've you've gotten to a point where you've used it very very effectively to promote uh, Cindy Miller Golf. Um, you know, I see, you know, and as I'm sure you do, uh, Susan as well. You know, see a lot of her posts throughout social media and a lot of her. Um, different things that she's using. Cindy, you know, you obviously understand the importance of that, correct? Well, here's the catch. It's funny because we had a webinar yesterday for the LPGA Northeast section on your personal brand. And it depends on what your goals are. Uh, And Cammie Maxfeld, who we were talking about, was on the call. Now, Cammie's the director of golf at at a private country club in Connecticut that doesn't have, how many members do you think, she has there, Susan. Oh my gosh, I want to say like 300 at the most. I mean, yeah. I'm not even sure if it's that high, but she's. I a don't rock think star. it is. It's, yeah. yeah, and she is a rock star. So, but her membership is not really on social media because they're very affluent. They're members at multiple clubs. So her, the importance of her being on social media is not as important as someone who's the Lone Ranger, which would be me. So I'm self-employed, you know, I don't get a salary from anybody. I start every year at zero. If I don't give a lesson, I don't make any money. So I have to promote me, whereas Cammie doesn't really have to. So it's almost like, you know, are you an introvert or an extrovert, and what's your purpose behind this? So, but I totally agree with you. The kids know, you know, I'm like, hey, can you edit a video for me? Oh, yeah, no problem. I'm like, oh, thank God, right? Yeah, exactly. I usually call my my daughters. Like, I'm like, why won't my phone turn on? <laughs> like, I'm like, they're like, Mama. And I'm like, well, that's, you know, that's just, but again, calligraphy pens, you know, I hate it when I find my calligraphy pens that all the points are gone because kids are holding like a hammer, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, it's mm. like, you know, that little bit of everything. And Cindy's awesome. I mean, your, your media, social media is great and it's quick and to the point for those people right. that, you know, you see it and you hit it and you're like, wow, that's awesome, you know, and things like that. And a lot of people can learn from that, you know. So kudos to you on uh, all that you've everybody done. Gets, everybody gets to be good at something. Yeah. Right? And, well, you're you're good at a lot of things, Cindy. I give you credit for yes, that. And I've mentioned definitely. that many times well, on the show. I want to be a member of the PGA. i got to join the PGA of America. We'd love – we'd embrace you. We'd love to have you. I just don't want to take the test. I'm trying to avoid that. I don't feel like studying. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wear an earpiece, you know, and you can just ask us questions. There you go. Oh, you. <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> there you go. Okay, oh. Susan, let me ask you – let me ask you, and then, Cindy, I want you to also uh, – some comments as well, but um, – Susan, how can you help those? There's obviously, speaking of social media, there's a lot that maybe aren't as social media savvy, if you will. Um, how can you help those uh, sort of not up to speed, if you will? What, what are some things that you can do uh, to help some of the, the um, 
you know, your fellow members uh, in the PGA and, and so forth that are trying to sort of brand themselves, but they just don't know where to start. Can you, uh, is there things that you can do to help them? Well, I think, you know, the, going back to PGA Magazine, we're always looking for best practices that we share through emails every week. And those best practices encompass everything from tournaments and um, outings to how do you, women in golf, to um, travel with your members. Best practices are great. And that's, you know, through the PGA Magazine's website, they have a link where you can, when you put in your PGA name, username, and password, you can find thousands of ways to help you at your facility. Um, for, those, you know, for other people is to, to reach out and ask. I think people are afraid to ask one another for assistance. And mm-hmm. you shouldn't be. I mean, we most people will let, it's more time. Like if you call it a bad time of day, just ask, you know, is this a bad time? Can I call you back later? But most people are proud to share their ideas from their sure. clubs and, you know, then going and taking it and, and making it your own, maybe tweaking something, adding to it um, is always a great way. And it's fun to say, oh, yeah, I used that or, you know, this was, somebody else's idea and I tweaked it a little and now it's here, you know? So it's, again, that whole sharing and networking, um, this is a great game. I mean, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> I've done this for so long, um, that it's just, it just flows, you know, it's just something. And I'm a people person, so I love to share and, um, you know, help people with their, um, careers. You are you know, truly a gift to the business, I must tell you. You know, Cindy, one of, yeah, one of the things, you know, Cindy, that I, w- I was going to ask is, you know, I- I've noticed when you look, especially in golf, you know, when you see a lot of the, the sort of new ideas coming out, it seems to be coming from the women's market as opposed to the men's market. I mean, if, if, truthfully, if you look at a lot of the, 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 the women that are out there in the golf profession, whether they're players or whether they're uh, teaching professionals – they're coming out with some very innovative and great ways to help grow this game and really energize and get women involved, particularly, and juniors as well. Um, are you seeing that a lot as well, Cindy and, and Susan? Yes, I do. I think it's a lot. It's a, we're, um, you know, we're communicators. We like to, I know that I like to throw parties, meaning that I'll take members to go play at destinations, and then they're going to go back, and the destination's going to, it's a win-win. We do something to help our members have more fun with the game and, you know, experience different types of golf courses, and then the resort, getting people at their resort. So it's a win-win situation in terms of that. And I just think, you know, with kids, I have two older kid children now, being around kids is fun. It makes and to see their faces when they just you know experience golf and what, no matter mm-hmm. what level they take it to, Cindy. I mean, Cindy's great at getting people out there to to learn this game and to grow it. And that's that makes the day worthwhile to me. Yeah, and Cindy, your boot camps. I mean, you do a great job with these boot camps. Um, you know, and just getting them energized. And, and you know, we had a, a few of Cindy's students, if you will, on the show, uh, I guess, a couple of months ago. And you can, you know, hear it in their voices. They enjoy it, enjoy working with Cindy and, and a lot of the things that she does. And, Cindy, that's that's a, a testament to, to your abilities. Well, I think what it is is that we have to realize, like, 
as Susan said, and Cammie and her discussed, we're at the back, we're on the back nine. So what do we, you know, I'm not going to go play with Michelle Wee. Get over it. You can't do it anymore. So, well, what can I do? Well, can I use my experiences and maybe some of my failures, and can I help someone else maybe not make as many mistakes? and or uplift them or, you know, help them realize that you don't have to be Lydia Coe or Jordan Spieth. You can enjoy this game and play it for a lifetime, and it can give you a lot of benefits. And I think that once we realize that, we learn to give back, and when you give back, we get enjoyment out of that in return. Don't you agree, Susan? Oh, exactly, and that's so funny. When I was running for office, um, I had poker chips, and they said it's not what you get, it's what you give on them, you know, and I, people sometimes yell, they're like, you're, you're here, there, and everywhere. I go, yeah, but I I have the time, and I can do that, and golf has given me so much in my career from when I was a junior through college and all that. I'm like, I'm happy to, to spread the word and have them drink the Kool-Aid and get all into this game because, like you said, I mean, I'll still, I still in my head, I'm still competitive, and I think I can still play, but then I go out with, there with these kids, and, you know, if I, I start wanting to help them, but I'm like, wait a second, I'm trying to compete for that same paycheck they are, but it's like <laughs> I start in my head going, gosh, if they just knew how to hit this shot, or, if, you know, what was she thinking there? You know, I try, I'm like, okay, stop it. You're not on the clock. <laughs> You're not doing this. And But then after the round, if I feel comfortable, you know, if I feel that I just kind of say, you know, you're great in this, but have you ever thought of this? You know, and, again, that's part of the communication to soft sell it, to say, hey, I never even thought about that. And, you know, growing back, getting to share my experience of what I've learned through my career. Yeah, yeah and – and well said. Um, you know, ladies, one of the things that I think, uh, as we talked about, Cindy, a little earlier when Erica was on, uh, is, you know, that sort of exchange uh, and, and learning as, as you go. And, and a lot of these youngsters coming out, uh, as we mentioned, um, you know, have very high expectations. You know, they're coming fresh out of college, um, maybe very successful uh, collegiate career, and they're expecting to, to get those wins right away. And when it doesn't happen, it, it's very um, you know, it becomes very detrimental to their psyche. And, and this is where that experience comes in. And, uh, you know, as you said, Susan, it's something over time. I mean, yeah, you get out there and you still want to be competitive, but you also understand um, from the realistic standpoint that you're not going to be as competitive uh, in certain areas uh, as you once were. So you're now shifting gears, if you will, in another area where you can be more competitive. Would that be pretty accurate? Spot on. Wow. Yeah. Are you reading my mind? (laughs) (laughs) But no, that's true. It is. It's true. It's like if, you know, if I can't play to the level of what I used to, I would love to share any kind of information that I have that could possibly make that next player just see something. Just, it could just be one little thought process that might shoot them to their next level. Even with members, you know, just sharing an experience of, you know, they get up. I mean, I don't know how many people you teach, Cindy, that they have a bad first hole and they go, oh, this is going to be a great day. You know, and then I'll say, you know, I've come off the practice facility, gone to the first tee, made an eight on the first hole and shot under par. You know, and they're like, really? You've done that? And I'm like, yeah. So don't give up after that first hole. You yeah. know, so, you know, it's just sharing what we've experienced. 
Absolutely. Yeah, and, that, yeah, and that's very common, you know, with with a lot of players, especially the higher handicap players. They come out and and uh, start off with a couple of bad holes, and right away they've they've you know thrown their round into the garbage can and figure, well, there's I might as well go home. Um, right. And you know, we saw that with Ernie Els uh, here not too long ago. Um, at the, was at the Masters, you know, came out and mm-hmm. ended up, you know, shooting. Well, at first they thought it was a ten, but it ended up I think it was a nine. Um, you know, imagine if Ernie turned around and got in his car and said, "I'm going home. I'm not playing the Masters." Now he obviously he didn't win, but right. you know, he, he he regrouped and he he you know put that that hole behind him, and I'm sure it bothered him uh, a little bit. Mm-hmm. But he he said, "I've got you know the whole tournament in front of me, so I can either right. suck it up and move on, or or I can sit here and." And you know, wiggle my toes in the in the bunker over here, and and cry about it. And he chose to do the the first, not the latter. So, right. Um, right. you know, goes to your point. Um, so what's next for Susan Bond? Well, again, the the caddy position next week at the senior um, <laughs> PGA is is going to be fun. Um, it's going to be very exciting. Um, Ron's a great player. He's he got in because he won the. PNC, the um, the Club Pro Championship, ten years ago at Turning Stone. So you get to play your first you, when you turn fifty. So we're going out there to to do that. And um, his family, his sister's Laura Diaz, um, mm-hmm. who was who's on tour. So it's a great family, and that's you know that's the closest thing right now um, to me playing. So I'm living vicariously. <laughs> through that and um it's going to be a wonderful experience and then working um in greater detail with pga magazine and the women leaders platform that um we're very excited about excellent very good um well susan we want to thank you very much for joining us this morning on the women of golf show on behalf of cindy miller and i and uh we appreciate uh all the hard work and, and good luck next week uh <laughs> um, at the PJ Senior Champion. <laughs> um, It'll be, if I lose a head cover, I'll co- all right, I, I won't go back. I'll find it later. <laughs> That's just, um, but no, it'll be a great thing. And I thank you and Ted um, and Cindy for your time. And Cindy, I hope our paths cross soon in person. Me too, honey. Thank you so much for joining us and good luck. All right. Have a good day. Thank you. you all too. right. Thanks, Susan. Take care. Bye. Um, very interesting, very, uh, certainly very enthusiastic, um, um, individual and, and, uh, I like that a lot of, a lot of energy. Um, and you know, Cindy, as I said many, many times, you know, you do a a lot of great things out there to help grow this game and, and obviously you enjoy it and you, you work very hard at it. Um, and, and that certainly shows in all the efforts that you do, but, um, and, um, you know, just keep doing all the great things that you're doing as well. And uh, with that note, we've, we've got to wrap it up. And on behalf of Cindy Miller and I, we want to thank you very much for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf. We, uh, we always enjoy this time every Tuesday morning. We hope you'll come back and join us next Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on the blogtalkradio.com network. Cindy, have a great week, and uh, I look forward to next week. Thanks, Ted. Have a great one. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.